I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. I have such fun posting unique and usually not well-known photos of animals in my Facebook group, not so coincidentally called The Animals I View. And earlier this week, appropriately so from Monday, I thought, I posted one about the predator-prey camouflage of a Himalayan griffon vulture. They are the second largest of the old world vultures and who live in the literal old world, meaning the continents of Asia, Africa, and Europe. This particular one was hunched over a bit and walking towards the camera with their head lowered. To a certain extent, in a bit of a reactive pose, it kind of felt like, again, remember, fear or pain equals reaction equals defensive posture on their part. And just above the actual lowered head were two enormous looking feathered eye appearing indentations just forward of their massive wings. So it was this whole optical illusion that was about a predator having their own prey camouflage so that their natural predator might think more than once about taking a prey, this vulture, that appears to have a much larger head than they actually do. It was just the coolest thing. (laughs) I'll post a link to the photo in the podcast notes just so you all can get the true visual, as I'm certain my words fall short of describing the whole visual effect, I guarantee you'll do at least a double take in locating the actual head of the vulture, as I did, most certainly. And that, of course, is one teeny tiny molecule of the whole animal world that, to me at least, is just so dang fascinating about this planet that we share with them. Late last week, I posted about how whale poop is absolutely vital to the well-being of the ocean itself, and I'll put a link to that in the podcast notes as well. There was one about the tool of iridology. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, (laughs) since I am not an iridologist, which is about the reading of the iris of people's eyes to gain insight into health and other bodily functions. In short, it's a big, wide world out there, and pretty much anything I'm curious about or other members are curious about and want to share with our group is all up there for all to see. As I've talked about before, we don't post about anthropomorphism, of course, nor do we allow fun to be had by humans at the expense of animals, which happens 
quite a bit with humans, doesn't it? And we think it's so funny and we think it's so harmless. And all it really does is emphasize our reducing them to objects for our shadow or contrast to be placed upon or used as a vehicle for our envy of their supposed perfect or imperfect lives. We've got so much to learn about them, which is why this group is important to me to foster and keep guiding on its path. If you're on Facebook, I hope you'll send me a member request so that you can join in the fun and the magic. I invite you to take note that I didn't say we we don't poke fun at humans, though, through the eyes of animals. That is absolutely allowed, and we do that on a fairly regular basis because it's important to do. As longtime listeners know, I pull articles from the newspaper delivered on the weekends to my home that I think are going to be pertinent not only to the Facebook group, but also to this podcast. And these articles are usually about human interpretation of animals and our relationship with them. So I like to illuminate where their wisdom is part of what we miss at times when we study them air quotes study, we create an us and an actual them. And as well, how we miss the aspect of their soul paths and divinity, just as we do our own, because of our indoctrinated choice to separate ourselves from that part of us. I do think in this regard, however, where animals have no belief systems as we do, that we might follow their lead and combine everything into one big container like, oh, I don't know, maybe the body itself, as it's meant to be. One can dream for sure, and what a change that would be for our species, right? To have, as John Lennon sang, no religion too. Imagining might serve all of us really well at this point in time on Earth, I think. And absent that, to follow the lead of the animals in this fixed design planet where, try as we might to escape at times with our separate this and our separate that, we keep coming up against the one law, that of balance and partnership that is shared by every single other species on the planet. Again, No matter how we might want to divide and separate, that usually just leads to divide and conquer. Because it's truly within the collective awareness of animals, their default actually, where our default is individual first, that the glimmer of an answer lies if we know to ask the right questions. Which brings me to the newspaper article, courtesy of the Denver Post reprinted from the New York Times about fireflies. And I'll, I'll post a link to the article in question in the podcast notes. It's all about how, when a swarm of firefly gathers, and they reach a certain density in numbers, that they begin to synchronize their flashes. Before that point, of course, it's every firefly for themselves, with random flashes occurring as they choose to emit them. And, as we know, or at least we should know by now, nothing in nature ever occurs at random, even though to humans it may appear to be doing so. The term organized chaos applies here, I think, because overall nature is about balance and partnership. 
even down to the tiniest firefly and their choosing, just as fish and bird do, to begin to coordinate with whomever they're with in a group. What an amazing, fantastic concept you might be thinking to yourself. Again, imagine all the people living for today, because that's what animals do every day. And here's the point where I'll state my wish list for science once more. (laughs) Y'all are probably really tired of hearing this, and you're probably going to get even more tired in future podcasts. I'm not going to let this go. (laughs) My wish list for science once more, that they evolve beyond the test, test, try to break it mantra and away from gathering data from an observational standpoint, especially where animals are concerned and begin to step more fully into their own bodies, which I know sounds like heresy, so that they can begin to understand the wisdom of the animals who are all more than happy to share with them because animals see us as a fellow species on earth. And one with whom, just like millions of other species, their own and our own survival depends. Because honestly, all it takes is just asking the animals, as my students in the Animal Ambassador Program are doing, about the animal's life experience on our shared planet. Questions such as, how do you connect with your home or base element? What do you want me to know about your energetic fingerprint, which is just like a physical fingerprint, only in multiple dimensions, if you will, because it involves all the other members of a certain species, meaning that with other species who swarm together, it also means that they are co-creating with each other a collective energetic fingerprint and a huge one in some cases, because there's a tipping point with their numbers where they understand that, hey, there's enough of us together in a large group that we need to think not only in terms of crowd control, so to speak, but also in terms of survival. Because the greater the impact of a predator on the group, if they happen to have any predator partners, which let's face it, each species does, the greater the loss of each member would be because there are so many of them together. So that the firefly flashing together in unison, as well as schools of fish and swallow, the latter being the lovely word murmuration, that they are most definitely looking out for each other. And as the intrepid researchers seem to have deduced in the article, there isn't a leader per se in these groups. Each one individual firefly or fish or swallow, once that critical mass magical number is reached, communicate to the rest of the group. Hey, y'all start looking out for your neighbor and your neighbor looks out for their neighbor and so on. What appears to have science stumped, though, is what purpose the synchronizing of activity serves. Again, my hunch and in conversation with with Firefly, is most definitely survival. It may come down to parsing by science to mating rituals, and again, I would argue that this is also about survival, plain and simple. What makes this out of reach to science because of their human component is 
what we perceive as an altruistic, at least by our standards, piece, wherein each one looks out for themselves plus at least one other. I would submit that that idealizing of another species behavior is also what moves said behavior out of being considered by humans because we don't believe that A, a lowly firefly is capable of such intention or thought, and B, as I've mentioned before, our default is individual, so we simply cannot fathom, except as a distant goal, the looking out for one another based on pure survival. We add onto this this odd component of not wanting to muddy the pure scientific waters with such a thing as altruism, and at the very same time, we also shy away from the pure survival goal because it feels cold to us as well. And and there's this indefinable, which bounces me back <laughs> to the altruistic one of we sense because they do sense there's something else going on here as well. But then they go, well, a firefly isn't capable of thinking altruistically. And so there's this kind of ping-ponging back and forth where no answers really come forth, where it's settled. But that, of course, is the very thing that science loves most. And we've talked about that before ad nauseum. The thing is, we can't really have it both ways, right? (laughs) I think it would be better, as most species have already discovered, to be in or to be out. That's how energy works after all. And so, at last, I bring you the channeled message from Firefly. Be light. Note that this isn't be a light or be the light. It is to literally be light, an entirely different meaning from the first two, and which I'm sure has everything to do with the rest of this podcast, mostly channeled as it is from the animals. So here is the beginning of the channeled message. One of your famous writers wrote, to be or not to be, that is the question, and to which we would heartily agree. And you might not think of fireflies being capable of being hardy, yet we are, although not in the strong way you perceive as in physically. We are all heart when we are gathered together, and each one of us is simply light. Not because we emit light of our own, The meaning goes deeper, as you might well imagine, as the song says. It is true that our numbers mean everything to us, and so little to you your own numbers mean in contrast. For if that were true, the sheer magnitude of your collective light would swell and wash our mother a million times over with the energy contained therein, and all would be well. For it is not up to us whether we swarm and synchronize our lights that would make Earth a better place for all species. That responsibility rests with all of you, dear beings in human experience. By raising yourselves above the constraints and thought and emotion you have set around yourselves for eons simply because they could not be so controlled or figured out means that you have also set yourselves apart from our shared light. And so, we will keep showing you and mirroring for you the ways of the animals on the planet, 
so that you may join us instead as partners in balance and survival. What more is there to achieve on this planet than this? It is everything to us, and it can be for you as well. At least, that's how Firefly sees it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired, and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events such as new classes and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animals I View podcast. I'll see you next time.